0: Hello and welcome to The Drabblecast, episode 245. The Drabblecast is a weekly audio fiction magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Knock knock. Who's Who's there? there? Mom and dad. Mom Mom and dad Dad who? who? Exactly. On this week's show, adoption. (sighs) There's no easy way to tell a child that he's adopted. Well, unless he has Twitter. Oh, come on. I adopted a highway a few years ago because obviously I can't have a biological highway because I'm a dude, and I still haven't figured out how to tell him. Like anything. When I told my cat Carl that he was adopted, he freaked the hell out. Granted I did spell it on the floor with a laser pointer. But you know what? What difference does it make? There may be a few bumps down the Foster Road here and there, but ultimately it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. Parents are parents, kids are kids, and love is love. In the end, we all put our pants on the same way, don't we? Reluctantly, before getting up to answer the door. Now let's listen to a 100-word story. Drabbles are stories exactly 100 words. Try writing one yourself and send it into submissions at drabblecast.org. This week's Drabble is called Alive and it comes to us from Lawrence Simon. Lawrence has challenged himself to write a 100 word story every day until the day he dies. He's not dead yet, so he posts them up to a 100 word story podcast at podcasting.isfullofcrap.com. He also holds weekly challenges there where he posts a topic and you have a week to write and record a story of your own. Oh, and he likes cats. After our daughter died, the neighbors came by to express their condolences and they brought a large number of covered dishes. So many so that I sketched up a few plans, converted the basement to an elaborate and functional mad scientist's lab to bring all this tuna noodle casserole to life. Sure enough, the moment my wife threw the switch, the noodle creature rose up and moaned, Mommy! Daddy! The neighbors heard about our experiment, and arrived at the door with torches and pitchforks. Please stop playing God, they said. And we want our corningware back if you're done with it. And that leads us to this week's story, A Nice Jewish Golem by Lin. Miss Lynn spends a lot of her time pondering the nature of motherhood and hopes that when her children are grown, they won't wonder why so many of her stories about mothers end in tragedy. Her work has appeared in Jersey Devil Press magazine and Featherlit magazine. Reading the story for you is Sandra Harris. is the author of Getting My Think On and the popular blog GolfWidow.net. She's the former co-host with comedian Andy Martello of Pod Crapular, a humor podcast, and is currently working on her next book, a novel. Miss Harris lives in Las Vegas with her husband, his golf clubs, and his baseball cards. She is not a Jewish mother, but she was given birth two by one. So without further ado, we bring you A Nice Jewish Golem by Ahui Lin.
1: Let me say from the start, I am not prejudiced. I mean, really, after all the troubles my people have gone through, the pogroms, the Nazis, Mel Gibson, how could I be? Persecution is persecution, I always say. But when it comes to relationships, you can't ignore faith in a common background, right? My son doesn't know that much about this girl. He doesn't know what she's made of. If she was Jewish, at least he'd know that she was raised in the proper way. Getting ahead of myself, aren't I? I need to start from the beginning. That night that Yeshua came home late from work, he was even later than usual, and my boy works long hours, let me tell you. He looked tired, deep lines of exhaustion literally etched into his gray face. There were gouges in his hands and a rip in his shirt right above where his heart would be. Sitting down with him, I said, Tell me all about it. I didn't want him to ever think that he couldn't come to me with his problems. "'He tried to wave me off, and I noticed those gouges again. "'I had to go all the way across the river today into the city. "'I only just got back to the synagogue an hour ago, "'and I have to leave tomorrow morning for Los Angeles. "'Rabbi Lieberman is going to an interfaith religious conference. "'Tomorrow? Rabbi Lieberman wakes you too hard. "'Why doesn't he send some of the other boys once in a while? "'I shouldn't criticize the rabbi. He's a good man.' but he doesn't appreciate Yeshua properly. It's a failing of his. Yeshua smiled and patted my hand. You know they can't, Ma. The others would stand out like a sore thumb. I'm the only one that can pass, thanks to you. He winked at me, and I had to admit that he was right. He's such a good boy, my Yeshua. I looked at his hand covering mine. That gouge was deep, even deeper than I first thought. His thumb was nearly falling off. You can't go to Los Angeles looking like that. You'd better let me fix that. It's just a scratch. It's not like it's going to kill me. I scowled. Do you think that's the only thing you have to worry about? What if you get hit by a bus or smashed under a guiter or something? It's not like I pop open a can of Play-Doh and poof, you're good as new. I got some clay and spread it over his hands, filling in the scratches and reshaping his thumb and your clothes. What's that rip there? Did you get caught on a branch or something? He looked guilty, which is how he should have looked. Maybe if he was feeling guilty, he would listen to me better. It's nothing, Ma. I can fix it myself. Don't be silly. Of course I'll do it. Who else is going to take care of you? While he was gone, Yeshua called twice a day, like clockwork. He seemed happy to be in California, though he said mainly he just stood outside of hotel conference rooms. I told him not to attract attention to himself, but he told me that in Los Angeles, no one even looked twice at him. One night, the phone was already ringing when I walked in the door. Ma? Yeshua, yes, how was your day? Fine. Tell me about what you did today. Not much. That's Yeshua. Even though I gave him a tongue and the rabbis gave him the power to use it, he often doesn't. Have you met any other rabbis? Yes, ma. There are rabbis from all over the world here. Even China. There are other people too. Christians and Muslims. There are even some people from religions that I've never heard of. Buddhists and pagans and all kinds of other religions. That's nice, dear. It's good that other people can find comfort in their religions even if they're those crazy type ones. I suppose it's better than not believing in anything at all. There were even people from Inuit tribes that gave a talk about their traditions. It was very interesting. I was surprised to hear Yeshua so excited. Usually he's much more even-tempered, stony even. I'm glad you're having a good time, I sighed. I'm sure you don't miss me at all, seeing how you're meeting all kinds of people more interesting than your boring old mother. When this is all over, you won't want to come home. Ma, don't say that. Of course I will. I'll call you tomorrow morning, like always. Oh, no, only if you want to. I don't want to take time away from your important new friends. I'll call, I promise, and we'll be home Monday morning. After he hung up, I went to bed, but I had trouble sleeping. I had teased him about his new friends, but I kept thinking about what would happen when I died and Yeshua would be all alone. Monday morning, Yeshua wasn't home when I got up. I called the synagogue, and the secretary said that Rabbi Lieberman had come in an hour ago, but that Yeshua was running errands. Waiting for Yeshua was harder than I expected. I considered turning on the television, but it was all soap operas. I didn't want to watch stories about people falling in love when I was worried that my own son might never have that experience. The thought of Yeshua all alone forever made me so depressed, I had a little cry right there at the kitchen table. And wouldn't you know it, that's when Yeshua walked in the front door. Ma, what's wrong? Oh, Yeshua, I said through my old lady hiccups. Yeshua knelt beside me and put his big gray arms around me. The faint mineral smell of him comforted me. Please tell me what's the matter, Ma. I'm so worried for you. One day I won't be here anymore. Are you sick? No, not yet. But I'm old, and I worry about you all alone when I'm gone. Ma, that's crazy talk. You're not old. You're so sweet, but you don't understand how fragile humans are. One fall, I break my hip, and three months later, they're putting me in the ground. Ma, it's true. I know what I'm talking about. Ma, you don't have to worry about me. I promise. In fact, he paused for a long second. I met someone when I was in California, someone like me. Ma, I'm in love. My heart sped up. A girl, tell me all about her. Does she serve a synagogue in Brooklyn? Yeshua shook his head no. In New York, then? Another no. New York State, the East Coast. Still no, and Yeshua was so apprehensive that I had an awful thought. She lives somewhere far away, doesn't she? And you, you want to move away from me to be closer to her. Oh, no, Ma, no. I mean, yes, she is from far away, Greenland, but she wants to move here. Greenland? I didn't even realize there were any Orthodox communities there. ''Although I suppose it's a very big country. There's bound to be at least one.'' ''No, Ma.'' ''No? Really? How do you know there aren't any?'' ''I don't. I mean, that is...'' He sighed. It sounded like a road paving machine. ''Ma, Anyu isn't orthodox.'' ''Well, that stopped my mental wandering.'' ''Anyu? With a name like that, I'm not surprised.'' ''I suppose she slaves a Reform synagogue?'' ''Ma, Anyu isn't Jewish.'' Not Jewish? Now you're teasing me. How can a golem be not Jewish? She's not a golem. She's a dubalak. There was a strange buzzing in my ears. I felt faint. I must have swayed because Yeshua put out a hand to steady me. A dubalak? What? I don't even know what that is. She's Inuit, but like me. Like you? How could she be like you if she isn't even Jewish? I was yelling at him. For the first time in my life, I was yelling at my Yeshua. We were both more than a little shocked. Ma, you said you wanted me to be happy. How is a going like this going to make you happy? What could the two of you possibly have in common? We're both made of dirt and brought to life by magic. <sighs> like that's some kind of basis for our relationship. What about culture? A common purpose? I know you'll change your mind once you meet her. Meet her? I don't want to meet her. That won't have to hate her when she breaks your heart ma she flew all this way i sat bolt upright she's here in brooklyn yeshua nodded that's what i was doing this morning getting her settled rabbi lieberman helped me rabbi lieberman so he knew about this this goyle all along how could he approve of such a thing a goyim girl a shiksa ma stop calling me ma get out Go to your precious Agnew. I can't believe that someone I created with my own hands would be so disrespectful. Out! I didn't know where he went, and I didn't care. Around two o'clock, Rabbi Lieberman came to see me. I considered closing the door on his face, but of course I wouldn't do that to a rabbi. Mrs. Levine, can I come in? I let him in grudgingly and didn't say a word. Mrs. Levine, I know that you're unhappy with Yeshua and me, but please believe me, Yeshua did not mean to hurt your feelings. He was afraid that you would be upset. Of course I'm upset, I burst out. How would you feel if your son came home with a girl who wasn't Jewish? Wouldn't you be upset? He considered the question. Yes, of course I would, but for Yeshua there will never be a question of children or marriage. No marriage? So you expect him to live in sin with this girl? He blushed. As I understand it, Yeshua does not have, rather there is no question of sinning. I was getting more and more angry. You think because he's not human that what he does isn't important? Rabbi, I should never have made him for you if that's the way you think. Mrs. Levine, it is hard enough for someone to find the right person to love in this world, even with all the people in it. For Yeshua, it is almost impossible. Would you have him fall in love with a human girl and pine for her until his heart broke and we would have to erase the letter that gives him life, reduce him back to a lifeless thing? Of course not. There were stories, old stories, of golems who did such things, gave their hearts to human women. The stories always ended badly. Can you not agree at least to meet this girl? Give her a chance. You might find that there is more common ground than you think. I hesitated. I did not want to meet this Dubilac, this interloper, but I didn't want a story of tragedy for Yeshua either. Fine, Yeshua can bring her to dinner, but I make no promises. If she's a disaster, I won't hold my tongue. So that's how it is that I am sitting at the dinner table tonight with Yeshua, this Dubalak girl, on you, and Rabbi Lieberman. On you, Oi! She's even worse than I expected. Her people had put her together out of mud and leaves and bits of rock and human bones. It's disgusting. She tries hard, too hard. She makes a point of telling me how much she likes Brooklyn, and now she wouldn't dream of living elsewhere, as if I want her anywhere near Brooklyn. I can barely stand to speak to her, and it falls to the rabbi to make conversation. So, you, the rabbi says over to Zoy, what line of work do you do? She glances at Yeshua as if to check with him before saying anything. Oh, mostly I work with computers now, Originally, I was made to wreak havoc on a neighboring tribe sometime around the late 1700s, but you know, times change. Now it's all about internet gambling, and I ended up getting into the tech side of it. Sort of a holdover of a revenge business, but hacking instead of, well, hacking. She makes an axe chopping motion with her hands. Yeshua puts an arm around her. She's so smart. That was the first thing I noticed about her. Trust me, it was not her smarts that drew Yeshua to her, the little hussy. Mrs. Levine, says on you, these mandelbrod are delicious. I'd like to learn how to make them. You cook, she nods, and I sniff. Well, it won't do you any good. Yeshua doesn't eat. I know that, but maybe if you teach me how, we could cook together for your friends. I love cooking. I don't think... Only if it's not too much trouble, of course. Yeshua spent the whole trip here telling me what a good cook you are and I've always dreamed about learning to cook from someone. She trails off. What, I ask, curious in spite of myself. Oh, you're going to think it's silly, but I've always had this daydream that one day I would have a proper family, you know, someone to come home to who would have family of his own, since I don't have any. My maker died two centuries ago, and I could do family things like cook supper and help around the house. She bites her lip. I'm sorry, I know it's silly. I'm not about to tell her that I have daydreams like that myself. I suppose I could try to teach you something simple, assuming it's not trafe to have you in my kitchen. All those bits of bone in her, it couldn't be kosher, could it? Mrs. Levine, begins Rabbi Lieberman. Ma, says Yeshua at the same time please, says Anu, but she says it to Yeshua, not me. Your mother is right. We should make sure that it's okay. I don't want to do anything that might violate your faith. Culture and tradition are very important. Exactly, I say, and for a moment, I can see that maybe there is something more to this dubilak girl than I had originally thought. And Yeshua, well, I can't deny that when he looks at her, it's with love. Don't get me Not taking her in with open arms. There's no getting around the fact that she's not Jewish and doesn't know our customs. But I suppose it's something that, given enough time, even a Dubai black girl might learn.
0: Was our story. Hope you enjoyed. You know, I can relate to this story. I may not be a golem, but I am a goyim, and that's a different word. That aside, it's hard enough out there trying to find the right person without dismissing whole groups of people based solely on ethnicity and traditions, etc. I'm just saving myself for a girl without pepper spray. I'm like really allergic to that stuff. I think. Anyways, if you enjoyed this week's story, enjoyed the Drabblecast in general, you can help support the show. We rely on listener donations to run this little operation, and the more moolah coming in, the bigger and better everything gets. Drop by Drabblecast.org and check out any of our support options. We really appreciate whatever you can give. Really, we do, because we know you don't have to, so it's extra awesome that you would. Alright, moving on to this week's 100-character story winner, Nevermore66, with this one right here. I kiss the hag mouth and tongue she melts into a maiden no i scream another fetish dream dashed by fairy tale magic like our 100 character stories follow us on twitter at the drabblecast get them early each week think you can write a good one yourself check out the twitfix section in our drabblecast forums linked off drabblecast.org that's where we pick our winners each week 100 characters exactly. So that's our show, folks. Remember, Drupal is produced with the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, which means don't change or sell it. But feel free to share it all you like. Write us a review on iTunes or wherever you pick up our show. Blog about us. Tell a friend. Spread the weird. Special thanks to this week's awesome episode artist, Tom Morganti. Tom's a vegetarian living in the wilds of Connecticut with bears, coyotes, foxes, and cougars. His hobbies include idling and fixing up the house. He has two grown children, two dogs, and three cats, which make a full house. And he really loves the travel cast. Well, we really love you too, Tom. Thanks for the art. So, our program is brought to you by myself, Nikki Drayden, managing editor, our submissions editor, Nathan Lee, editor-at-large, Matthew Bay, our art director, Bo Kire, and with additional help from Tom Baker, David Carvin, David Steffen, Jake Webb, and Jonathan McNeil. We'll see you next week, weirdos. Until then, this is Norm Sherman, reminding you to return the Corningware. <laughs>